0: All right. Good morning, everyone. Today is Sunday, January 24th, 2021, and uh, I'm going to be covering some pretty interesting news uh, that has to do with sports stuff going on all around the world, not just Biden, uh, just so you guys know ahead of time. Now, let's uh, let's jump right into it. So first off, we're going to get the Biden stuff out of the way. If you don't want to hear it, then whether you're listening to this or watching this wherever, on whatever platform, probably skip to like two three minutes in and we'll get that over with. So um, Biden is trying to get the term illegal alien uh, banned and replaced, replace it with non-citizen. Now, allegedly, it already happened, if I'm not mistaken. Look, I mean, at the end of the day, I do have a disagree- fundamental disagreement with the way in which certain things occur, like, for example... Over here in Canada and Ontario, there was a bill that was passed I think three or four years ago saying that transgender people had to be called uh, uh, the pronoun in which they wish to be called. Now look, I don't agree with that because I believe that it infringes the way in which someone is perceiving something and if someone is perceiving something in a way in which they are told, they are then forced to arbitrarily form a different formulation of thought within their mind. So there is an argument that these types of laws kind of differentiate the way someone thinks and it really brings a biased standpoint in a subconscious aspect it's not for me to debate but it is something that people like ben shapiro jordan peterson guys like that sam harris eric weinstein bring up all the time brett weinstein as well um you know ted cruz all those guys so it's not for me to say what is right and wrong look at the end of the day I'm here to report it. I think ultimately, too many laws being put in place of what we should call and not call people, I think is very excessive, just like anything in life. But ultimately, if he wants to change the word, uh, you know, alien to um, non-citizen or, you know, illegal alien to non-citizen or what's the word here? Yeah, to non-citizen. Look, it it, it can be reversed. It can be reversed. And I'm not saying that what he's doing is a bad thing. I'm just saying if someone does truly disagree with it, it could be reversed four years from now, right? So that's, I mean, I guess that's the nice purpose of having uh, an election every four years, but let's move on. So the next thing is that, there are roughly 7,000 people, uh, migrants, in the caravan wave coming to the U.S. border. Now, it has been speculated that, th- that this is happening now due to Biden being known for, uh, you know, more open borders. Democrats are usually like that, and um, the way, like, look, the, the way I see it is this. People are saying he's only been in there for a few days, you got to give him a chance, and I totally agree. The same way that I have to say, even though it didn't pan out well, but the same way that a small few handful of Democrats gave Trump a chance at the very beginning. I think we should give Biden a chance. But again, if Biden already has this preconceived notion of, you know, we're going to have open borders, things like this, then in theory, assuming this caravan is real, in theory, he is responsible for this type of wave that is coming. Now, again, there might be some over over sensationalization. I apologize for that. Um, in terms of like, you know, over-exaggerating and, oh, look, they're going to come and this and that, and then they're going to do all this damage, it's hard to say because there will be, in general, I'm not saying this caravan in particular, but in general, in caravans, there are always very serious criminals mixed in with these caravans, mixed in with very good people. I do want to make that point. So it's hard to say, but I mean, whether you're on the right or whether you're on the left or you're an independent or you take a centrist kind of viewpoint, it does make logical sense for this caravan to be coming now that Trump is out. Because, again, whether you like him or not, Trump at least at the very least expressed his toughness on borders. Right. So, again, it comes down to two different perspectives, you know, the right wing versus the left wing. And that's what it's always been. It's not for me to to tell you guys what to think. Right. The next thing is that uh, Biden also increased the epinephrine and insulin prices. And again, people are saying, you know, give him give him time. It's only been a few days. I'm totally all for that. I'm totally all for giving him a chance. But you really think, you know, two, three months from now, a year from now, two years from now, he's going to reverse that. He's going to bring the prices down again. No, because it's very simple. It's not me trying to bash him. But we have to look at this and say, who donated to his campaign big time? Oh, yeah, the pharmaceutical companies. Right. And so this is what I mean about getting money out of politics on both sides, on both sides. Um, When we look at this, we see Trump was in many ways he was been uh, major corporations had donated to him for other things. And the same thing is happening here with Biden. So at the end of the day, did Trump listen less to the corporations? It seemed like he did. I could be wrong, but it seemed like he did. Now, with that being said, we look at someone like Biden, who seems to be more obligated to his corporate um, to his corporate friends and, you know, things like this. Look, Obama had big money from Wall Street. He was known for that. Bush had big money from, uh, oops, my apologies. Bush had big money from oil and stuff like that. So at the end of the day, it's very difficult to say because when we look at all of this, we have to sit back and say, okay, what? at what point does this become influential on major policy? And people who need insulin and epinephrine, It's a big deal. It's a big deal, especially when if you bring the prices back up. I mean, come on, unless Biden has a longer term plan or play that we just got to give him time with. It's hard to say, you know, it's hard to say. The next thing is that he also and this is going to be the last thing. He also stopped the Keystone Pipeline. And he also pledged to continue to deeply support Taiwan as China sent large number of warplanes into Taiwan's airspace. Okay, so the thing with Taiwan is just to pretty much say, China, go screw yourself. We gotta be tough. Now, I don't know if that's actually being tough or just looking tough on the front end. And this is just a chess play or someone's pulling the strings. But behind the scenes, President Xi and Biden are talking like, okay, we're gonna make it look like this on the front end, but this is what's really going on on the back end because there is evidence to suggest that Biden does have ties to China. And I'm not trying to be conspiratory many other politicians as well on both sides. So I want to make that very clear. And the final thing is having to do with the pipeline. Look, if you want to cancel it, fine. But the whole point is this. On both sides, on the Canadian side and on the American side, financially compensate the workers because they thought they were going to have this job, especially during covid they needed this job. This is probably a lot of them, you know, they're the they're the breadwinners of the household, so to speak. I'm sure some of their wives work, but at the end of the day, to work on this pipeline, big job, big pension, big, good benefits, things like this, and all of a sudden, it's, it's just after one signature, it's just scrapped, and these people don't have a job, especially during COVID. If I'm Biden, I'm getting on the phone with Trudeau, and I'm telling Trudeau, on your end, justin make sure that those canadians get compensated financially until they could find another job and then i would be the same if i was trudeau i would be saying the same thing to biden i'd be saying make sure those you know seven or eight thousand americans that were supposed to work on that pipeline get jobs and if they don't get jobs within the next you know um, short period of time make sure they get financially compensated and not some half-ass you know here's a one thousand dollar check no pay them what they were going to be paid for that entire time they were working on the pipeline i am sure that if canada can afford it the u.s can i'm not saying that's what canada's doing but allegedly that's what justin trudeau is looking into and as much as i don't like trudeau i have to say very simply i have to call an ace when i see it if he's going to give the money for being financially compensated for something that was canceled that wasn't their fault as a worker i'm all for it i'm totally for it uh the next thing is that Okay, so now we're pretty much done with the Biden stuff. The next thing is that Larry King died. Look, you can say of him what you will. What I like about what I liked about the guy was that it was very simple. Maybe he did have an agenda he was pushing. Maybe he didn't. But putting that aside, he seemed just like a simple guy. Went in, did his research, did his homework, interviewed the people in his studio, went home. Repeat, repeat. That's it. Seemed like a simple guy. Again, I wasn't alive a lot of the time that Larry King was reporting, especially in the uh, the the 20th century, last century. But It didn't seem like he followed any type of particular agenda. However, it could be, you know, subliminally inserted in there without even him knowing himself. But again, the guy interviewed everybody. The guy was uh, a TV legend, icon legend. Everyone knew, you know, the blue button shirt, the light blue shirt with the overalls. You know, everyone just happy old guy kind of thing, right? And there was always jokes made uh, for many, many years now about how old he was and stuff like that. So again... You know what? And I don't say this in a please don't take this the wrong way, but he had a good run. And I'm not saying he should have died. I'm just saying that in terms of an overall successful life, the guy had his ups and downs, but he had a good run. So, again, let's uh, let's see what happens. Uh, well, see what happens. The guy's dead. Sorry. Rest in peace. <laughs> um, The next thing is that Russia arrested thousands in response to the pro Navalny protest. Look, again, I've always said this. Putin can do what he wants, but you start arresting thousands of people for their political support, unless there's some type of narrative that is being flipped here in order for the West to view it differently, oof, he, he's got he's to be careful. Because, again, if enough people rebel, what are you going to do? And then the next time around you win the election by, you know, 74% or something like this? Now, that's not to say that those thousands of people represent all of Russia. I want to make that very clear. But at the same time, if there is as many as the Western media outlets are reporting, then that's something to look out for. Okay. The next thing is that China rescued 11 miners after these miners were stuck for 14 days underground. That's great. Um, I mean, those things happen all the time. It's nice to see that putting aside a global scale, it's nice to see that governments care for their people, at least to some extent. So, I mean, okay. I mean, I guess it would be more for, you know, the photo ops and the PR looks and all that because if the Chinese government didn't help these miners, it would look terrible on the world, world stage, right? So, again, in many different ways, many different angles. It just looks good to do it. It's better to do it, save them, you know, and let them live on and have a good life. The next thing is that according to RT, Russia Today, I believe, a memo revealed that the military and CIA spies can just buy personal data with tax money and no need for a warrant. So essentially allocate some of our taxpayers' dollars, uh, not just in America, but in Canada as well, to access a database that would allow us to um, provide unknowingly information to these spies in the military Look, it's there. Yeah. I mean, at this point we can't we can't hop around and say, well, they could do it I and mean, I'm I'm okay with this, I'm not okay with that. Look, we all got our own our, opini- our own opinions, excuse me, on privacy. But at the end of the day, they're going to do it regardless. So again, unless there's a revamp from the ground up of the military-industrial complex and the current powers that be that have so been so ingrained within the system, nothing's re- nothing's going to change in that regard, right? The next thing is that A Texas man was charged with directing others to assassinate AOC. Look, I'm not—I don't like AOC that that much. I think a lot of what she says is um, is very not shorts—not just short-sighted, but a one-way view of thinking with a lot of things. I get where she's coming from, but that does not mean you should send or tell people to say, "Hey, go take her out," or "Go assassinate her," or "Go have her whacked" or whatever. No, terrible. Violence only makes things worse. Everyone can tell you. Everybody from the left to the right, they know violence only makes things worse. And in some cases, they use violence to make things worse to push an agenda. But in this case, this was just a guy uh, saying, go have her killed. Not good, man. The violence stuff, it, it only gets... The violence thing only gets worse. That's not good. Now, in California, they're saying it's still okay to use the Moderna vaccine despite multiple illness reports. Uh... Look, you know, it it comes down to one thing, the way I see it is, do the people want to take it? If the people want to take it, and no one is quietly forcing them to, and they know that there have been issues with a certain company's vaccine of side effects, if although they say is rare, if they want to take it, then take it, unless there be a gun's being put to their head and, you know, the, the military or the police in California are going door by, door by door saying, okay, time, f- you know, to, to shoot it in your arm, uh, time for your injection, then, I mean, what can I say about that, right? The next thing is that Israel sent missile strikes to hit Syria, but allegedly a lot of people in Lebanon right next to Syria are being traumatized due to events that have happened to Lem- Lebanon in the past couple years. I don't blame them. Now, at the same time, these Israeli strikes on Syria, look, it's a very touchy subject, and I say this carefully because, again, Netanyahu's very conservative. I have been known to support Netanyahu, not in everything. The guys made a lot of mistakes. I do have to say that. But at the same time, I mean, a lot of people say that Netanyahu, well, he's a murderer, right? How could you support him? And I agree with you on that, actually. But they all are. And I know maybe that's a very uh, one-world view or one-minded way way of thinking, but the way I see it is, look, Obama, and I'm not trying to say I'll even use Bush. I mean, okay, Bush, that's a different story. I mean, the, the almost a million... Uh, Iraqis that were, weren't were even terrorists, and Bush and Cheney and Rumsfeld, that was a di- whole different thing, but Obama used the drone program to successfully kill terrorists, it later came out through declassified reports that innocents were murdered as well, so what I'm trying to say here, is that if we take out the context of everything, they're all murderers, now yes, Obama didn't wake up in the morning and say, well, I just want to bomb these random people for no reason, but again, we don't know the situation in Israel, that they have within their intelligence, and at the same time, I do want to make it very clear that maybe they're not acting on intelligence and they're just using a show of force, which I strongly disagree with as well. So, again, we have to be very vigilant when it comes to things, especially in the Middle East. We don't know all the facts. The reporters don't know all the facts. And actually, this is kind of one of the reasons why I did this morning episode. I started it so I could tell you guys, look, I don't have all the facts The people reporting it don't. And so they claim they're trying to get all the facts as best as humanly possible. But again, that's the thing, humanly possible. There's always three sides to the story. One perspective, the other than the truth, right? The next thing is that a 56-year-old woman in New Zealand tested positive after coming back from Europe. It is believed to be New Zealand's first case in just over two months. So, I say to that, I mean, good for them. Apparently in New Zealand, there are pictures going around of people having raves and stuff like that. Which has, you know, propped up the question that a lot of people have had, which is, you know, is the virus really real? How did New Zealand do it? Why is it that like, you know, Taiwan, New Zealand, those countries were able to get a grip on it before the rest of the world and stuff like this? Look, it's it's up for it's up for debate. All I have to say is that if there is I I hoped a handful of months ago that there were would be a handful of countries in the world that are completely COVID-free, so to speak, uh, at least generally speaking, where if worst case, you know, I could fly over to or things like this. I mean, not that I would, but I mean, it's nice to see, assuming this is true, New Zealand and Taiwan are, are COVID-free in a lot of different ways. So it's nice to see that. But again, it's not just the government that is helping to do this. If the people don't want to cooperate when it comes to lockdowns and stuff like that, which I can understand why they wouldn't want to, because believe me, I, I have a lot of uh, I have a lot of ad- objections and rejections to a lot of the rules here in Canada. But like to most of them actually, but if the people cooperate, then I guess there's going to be no virus. Now as to whether or not this is legit or not, again we can only go unless we know people in New Zealand, which I don't, uh, not that I know of. I think. We, we can only go off the, their word, right? The next thing is that an Iranian newspaper shamed government authorities for allowing cryptocurrency farms to mine Bitcoins in Iran, especially the Chinese. Now, this connects to something else, which has to do with the fact that global chip shortages is choking the production of machines used to mine Bitcoin, uh, a sector that's usually dominated by China. So China's kind of scrambling now and using their tentacles wherever they can to mine Bitcoin in other countries. Now, what a lot of people don't realize is that the CCP is heavily invested in data mining and things like this i mean it's no secret that the elites all over the united states are interested in this as well the question is is china more interested or do they foresee some type of future where it'd be more valuable than the americans think or the you know uh, the russians or what have you or is china do they just have a very goal focused oriented agenda with this that's the other question as well right so we got to look at all the angles again iran is standing up for its own country but the, what, what I see with Iran, and I'm not talking about all the people, I'm just saying specifically the government, there seems to be a very tribalistic mindset, which is not necessarily a good thing in a lot of ways, right? So tri- tribalism has always been proven to not be good, whether it's at a molecular level, at a small level, or on a grand level that we have multiple countries, or hopefully down the road, you know, uh, as we become an interplanetary species, the last thing we'd want to do is become uh, tribalistic, right? And then the final thing is again. I said I would cover quickly sports, and so I am. Dustin Poirier, or Poirier, uh, sorry if I butchered his last name, knocked out Conor McGregor last night, which is uh, pretty cool in their rematch, so to speak, their second, uh, their second bout, if you will. And um, yeah, that's about it. A lot of newspaper articles, uh, a lot of outlets are speculating what's next for McGregor, stuff like this. Look, a lot of people like him, a lot of people think he's a cocky asshole McGregor, so it, it depends, right? I mean, if, if both the guys trained well, then hey, you know what? Kudos to the winner. Simple as that. You know, if um, if Dustin Perrier over there, or Poirier, sorry, if he got a good, uh, if he got a clean shot to knock him out, then he got the shot. It's as simple as that. Um, uh, then allegedly Mayweather ranted about how Conor, uh, Conor McGregor is a con man. And then Mayweather went on to rant about racism as well in some video last night. I don't know if he was just doing that to try to hog the limelight or what, but I don't know. Mayweather, I don't really pay much attention to. Not sure if you guys do, but again, um, yeah. So that's it for uh, the weekend recap of Unleashing the Kraken. And we will catch you guys first thing tomorrow morning or later today for the regularly tradition uh, traditional episode. Cheers.